0: Welcome murder fans to Murder Inc, the art of writing crime with your host, award-winning and critically acclaimed crime writer Keith Wright. Well modesty forbids I do say this because unless you're a reader of my books I could just be some uh, random geezer talking nonsense and wasting your time. I'm not. I've been published many times, been given prestigious awards around the world I've been reviewed in The Times, Sunday Times, and anywhere else you want to name. I've lectured on the subject of writing to various institutions. So I say that just so you can have some confidence in me. um, And hopefully you'll get something from these podcasts to help you. Some writers will agree uh, with what I'm going to tell you, and, and some won't. But that's the beauty of this art, isn't it? You know, there are many academics and the intelligentsia with doctorates in English literature, probably know more about the grammar and more about this and that than I do. Although, you know, we don't tend to see too many of those on the bestseller lists. Why? Because I'm talking about storytelling in my world of gritty, hard-boiled, no-punches-pulled crime novels. So some of my general observations should serve you well, no matter what genre you're writing. Um, Key tips. Some are specific, some are not so specific. I've been writing a long time and I think, you know, I should give something back, share that experience with others. I still read and listen and learn. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't anyone else? So, okay, Uh, just a reminder, you know, the the book you're going to write is yours, nobody else's. And all this is, is to give you some tips and pointers how you can fashion into your particular style. Don't let anybody impact too much on the content of your book. These are your decisions. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to read a short passage from one of my books uh, and I'm going to tell you why I wrote it like that. Um, what's the point of it, why, what techniques was I employing? Because every every word you write is for a reason. We might not realise it at the time. We certainly should when we go back and edit it. I've reflected on the pilot that I did, um, and I I felt that the reading was too long. So I'm going to make the reading slightly shorter, so those that listen to the pilot, um, uh, hopefully uh, will think, oh, thank goodness for that. So I'll I'll read a short passage and then I'll talk about that passage and why it was written like that. Just sit back, listen, enjoy. Maybe pick up something that you can add to your style. Don't overthink it. Don't take everything literally. Just soak bits in that appeal to you. That's all. Secrets. There are no secrets. It comes from your damn soul if you just let it. Okay, so... Anyway, I'm going to start with uh, a section of a book called "One Oblique One, which is my first book. Um, Just for a little bit of context, the uh, detective inspector, who is the uh, main protagonist, Detective Inspector Stark, and his sidekick, Nobby Clark, have arrived at the murder scene. So this little passage is about them merely entering the house. Here we go, settle in. The front door of the premises would not fully open. The legs of the dead man lying in the hallway were the cause of the obstruction. Stark stepped rather gingerly into the hall, carefully avoiding the considerable area of carpet that was soaked in blood. He could never decide whether it was a smell or an atmosphere or a mixture of both, but almost every death house had that air about it. An indiscernible, unnatural feeling, as if one were a trespasser, an uninvited guest to something intimate and private. A quiet, a stillness, as if all the clocks had stopped and everything had powered down. His face formed into a tight-lipped grimace as he uncomfortably took in the disturbing scene. Leaning closer in towards the body to examine every intricate detail of the terror frozen in time. So there we go, just a very small passage there, and all it relates to essentially is the eye stark turning up and taking his first step into a crime scene. So I hope that little shorter reading was. Uh, easier to take in, you know, reflection on, on the podcast or on writing is absolutely key, you know. Um, constant editing will help you. Um I mean, sometimes you need to put a little bit of space into, um, between the writing and the editing, just to give you a chance. I'll talk, I'll come back actually at the end of this and talk a little bit more about how new writers might feel, um, and, uh, and you know things like imposter syndrome. So if we if we think back to the, uh, the passage I've just read, what have I read? The eye Stark turns up and steps into the house. That's it, essentially, isn't it? But of course, we've added a little bit more to it because. Um, We want to give it some flavour and give some signals and signs and triggers to the reader. So, for example, there's a bit of a hiccup, isn't there? When he tries to get in, because the door won't fully open. What prevents the door opening? It's the legs of a dead person. So, a little bit of nuance. In reality, in life, things aren't smooth. In your mind, you might think, oh, he opens the door and walks in. But actually, it helps to just create a bit of authenticity and a little bit of uh, nuance. Now, he also steps over to avoid the blood. Now, that indicates subliminally, all of these things are subliminal. So this indicates that this is a guy with experience. He's looking to step over blood. He's looking to avoid contaminating the scene. So he's not. it's not his first rodeo. We now know that. So one of the most important bits of that little passage is the reference to the death house. And that feeling of having been in many of these over the years, there is a feeling that you're an intruder. There's always a strange ambiance and a feeling that, almost perhaps like a feeling like a burglar, an uninvited guest. And so by setting that, feeling the chill of that house and the strangeness of it is working into um, the psyche of the reader. And so that ambiance is important. Um, It it, it is key for the atmospherics of the piece. An uninvited guest to something intimate and private. Because you kind of are, that's what it is. So that, that that's uh, a very important part of the of that particular passage. So another clue we get from the from the uh, words written is his face formed into a tight-lipped grimace as he uncomfortably took in the disturbing scene. So hold on a second, this is an experienced detective. Nothing bothers him, does it? But we're learning, again, subliminally, he's a human, he's a human being. And so, you know, that's the impact. That's that little bit of individuality to him, perhaps, that he doesn't really feel overly comfortable with death and these death scenes. He's a human being, above and beyond being that detective. So he then has a conflict of emotions. He's grimacing because he doesn't like what he's seeing, but he has to put his face in close to the deceased. Yeah? So he leans in to examine the body. So we, we've got a conflict of in- interest and that's what we've examined. Now there's 13 lines. That I read out there, but all of these clues and triggers are informing the reader about the characters involved. You know, everything you write's got to have a point. That point can be a can be a plot point. It can be a description. You know, a message you want to convey relevant to the plot, though. Uh, a moral, or a, even a red herring. It has to have a point to it. So I say that that doesn't mean that you won't have uh, conversations that end up not being uh, crucial to the plot, but as long as at that time, they could be of, crucial to that plot, if that makes sense. The piece must have a point to it. It's, it, it can't just be filling. It can't, it can't just be or just descriptive prose or random. It's, it's got to be in some way. Even if it's at a tangent, um, it's got to take us somewhere that's relevant. And what that relevance is may yet to be revealed to the reader. Um, but that is is what we must ensure in the book. There is not any padding filling, because that will it will it will having drawn the reader in, you'll be pulling them back out, and uh, you know. That's the last thing we want to do. We want to keep those pages turning, don't we? You know, this is how, as writers, maybe they might know the, who the killer is in books and film because, you know, they see the things that the writer's chosen out of an array of options to include. And uh, that's a, there's a, a skill to doing that um, without revealing too much. OK, so just some little uh, trigger points there for you um, with regard to a tiny little piece of writing that you, you can think about with your own writing. just want to touch on the imposter syndrome thing. So, first of all, you know, feeling an imposter is nonsense. There are no parameters to really to being a writer. If, if you write something down and publish it, and that publishing might be i don't know putting it on social media putting it on your website even and that might be a good way to just dip your toe in the water of putting it on your website there's no one profile of a, of a good writer you know, if you, if you go to a writing um conference and you look at all the authors there trust me you will see an array of people who are from all walks of life and of all uh, different academic backgrounds and um, different characters—some uh, introverted, some extroverted, and so on—just like in any life. So there's no, there are no rules to this. You have as much right um, to be an author as anybody else. I think a lot of it is assuming the role, a bit like an actor. You, you, you know, in in your mind's eye. So you have to assume that role of a writer in your mind's eye. And when you get in front of your keyboard, or some people even use a pen, but however you write, at that point, your approach must be that you're a writer. In fact, the best writer there's ever been. Because you've got to free yourself. If you you give chains to yourself, if you give limits to what you do, or you're tiptoeing around, then you're not letting it flow out. And you can always pull it back in the, when you review it and in the editing, it's much better to throw it all out at full speed um, than to try and limit it. And the things that I'm mentioning here, I don't w- want you to be conscious necessarily too much of these in the writing, because it's, it's afterwards when you're structuring it and when you're going back and editing and reviewing it um, that many times, no doubt, that is where you mould it and maybe think about some of these things. What and asking yourself those questions, what am I trying to convey in these 13 lines or in this particular passage? And how am I doing it and what am I achieving my aims in doing that? So as I say don't let don't let all this inhibit you getting stuff onto the page. Um it's afterwards that you, you need to start sort of applying. Um, your knowledge, wisdom, and all of those things, and the skill and readability of the prose that you're writing. Um, say, so, forget all this imposter syndrome stuff. You've as much right as anybody else. Some people will like what you're doing, some people won't, and that's okay. So long as you like it. Everything else is in the lap of the gods. It really is. Um you know i've sort of said before nobody knows anything it's a bit silly to say that but it's kind of true in the sense that we've all seen the stories jk rowling and others where they've been rejected and rejected and rejected you know my first book was was rejected four or five times before it was taken up and it was it was shortlisted for the best debut crime novel in the world so that's what i'm when i say nobody knows anything They they don't because um, it's the masses. And in our little bubble, and in our little world, we think that's the world. Well, it isn't, actually. There's a big old world out there um, that uh, is just waiting for your book. Uh, Trust me, Um, they are. So, okay, I hope um, what we've shared today in this little section has got you thinking you know, let's recap. So we've talked about confidence and imposter syndrome, and that's really key. You know, you will take knockbacks, you'll take rejection, you'll get somebody uh, looking down the nose at you and all of those things. Um Just let it roll off. It's it, Nobody knows anything. Um We've seen how uh, much uh, can be relayed in a few lines. Um you know, and ha- what is the focus element of those few lines? So, in my little piece I read just now, the focus element of this was the scene setting of the death house, wasn't it? And that that ambiance, which it goes on to uh, explore further through the passage, of course, with little um, little asides and points that add to that. Of course, that's not it, but the phrase lingers, death house, and that feeling of uh, intrusion into somebody's little private party of death. Um, But the phrase really is the main point of that passage. We've also thought about uh, conveying emotions. It grimaces. And whilst that that seems a normal thing, perhaps, you know, any normal person might grimace on seeing such a horrendous sight, Um, yet to be revealed, of course, but anybody might grimace. But he's Mr. Tough Guy, isn't he? He's the de- experienced detective. He's seen it a hundred times before, which he has. It still doesn't stop him from being a human and being touched by it. So just in that little nuance of him grimacing, we don't say it out loud it's kind of conveying both the shock of the scene but also the humanity of the character and who that character is likely to be because of course if we put a contrary version in um, where he was laissez-faire about the whole uh, scenario and he's making uh, crude comments and rude comments uh, which you can get with some horrendous and ignorant uh, police officers Mm -hmm then we know what that kind of guy probably is like, don't we? So you have choices in all of these things. And you're, you know, the the Lord, you're the, the lady of, of your uh, book. You You rule the school and you decide how you are going to portray it and how you think that will best feed into all those little strands and tributaries that are leading out into the sea of the big plot. And uh, and so that's that's why nuance, just putting a little grimace in, is worth thinking about. Um, okay, I don't want to explore too much because I just, you know, to go away and think about how you can influence a very small piece, talking about the death house, or whatever your p- little piece is. And I don't mean to do the same with your book, you know, there's other ways of doing it using those senses so you know coldness so that's feel that sense of being cold is a nice way silence is another way isn't it of doing it the stillness we see stillness and in my instance I talked about as if the clocks had stopped I liked it because it was you know uh, uh, it's impinging on W.H. Auden's uh, fantastic poem but you know it kind of encapsulates that the the time stood still it's frozen it's finished it's stopped everything has stopped their lives have stopped so it's using these little analogies little metaphors um all are about creating um whatever emotion you want and i wanted the death house And so, yeah, so go away, have a think about some of the stuff that I've said. I hope it's been uh, of use to you, this little section. Um, Next time we will progress um, the theme. Um, I'll have a look at the... I think what I'll probably do is move on into one oblique 1 and the behaviours of the cops at the crime scene. Um. Stark and Nobby Clark are two very different characters. They're very close, but um, they are from different worlds. And so uh, perhaps we'll look at how, when they examine the scene, how that is reflected and how we are starting to carve into the reader's mind a picture, a sculpture of the individual characters, okay. So anyway, that's another episode of Murder Inc. The Art of Writing Crime coming to an end. Um, remember, murder fans, you can contact me or ask me any question you like. I don't mind in the slightest. Uh, the whole point of this is to try to support you and give you some options to consider. Yeah, this isn't gospel. I'm not the king of the world. But it's just giving you something to think about and some options. So if you've got any questions, please... Um, my website keithwrightauthor.co.uk. You can always contact me on there, or you can do it through um, this podcast. Um, I hope you enjoyed it, got something from it. Um, remember to subscribe if you wish and share the news, um, and and maybe support by buying the Inspector Stark series of books. You can then we can then share and read what I'm reading and see it on the written page. But the main thing is is that you get something you can listen in, relax, hopefully enjoy it, and, uh, and it will enhance your writing and give you a better chance at uh, being successful. Thank you for listening to Murder, Inc., the art of writing crime. See you next time.